I feel like we're going to say something funny, and I don't want to miss it. And now all the funny has gone. Yeah, now it's serious. It's serious time. (laughs) From this podcast. Podcast intro. Okay, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Da-na-na-na. Boom. Soundboard is awesome. Yeah, the soundboard. Oh wait, wait, hold on. I gotta do it with this one. Yeah. Yeah, auto tune it. And I'm Molly. I guess I'm Cheryl. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Please keep all hands, arms, legs, and feet inside at all times. Podcast, you are all clear. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to celebrate the life and career of the legend. I guess, is he a le- I don't, I'm sure. I don't think he's years. A, I, he hasn't officially been inducted as a Disney legend, right? No, of course not. But, but eventually like, he will. Like, Would he, you he, classify him as a legend? I would, yeah. Yeah, 100%. But the Mr. <laughs> Joe Rohde. Joseph Tiberian Rohde. Wait, what? <laughs> that is not his middle oh. name. That's Captain Kirk's. Uh, I was about to say, has he has the same retired. one as Captain Kirk. <laughs> Has retired from the Walt Disney Company. Mm, raise a glass. Raise what? a glass. I mean, I guess technically he made it 40 years. He retired as the executive designer and vice president of creative. Wow. Love him or don't love him. He did a lot. I vote love him, but I've recently found out that there's a piece of Disney fans culture that does not love Joe, yeah. Joe Rody the way I, I think I always have. Ashby, where do you lie? Where do I lie? Yeah. Where are In you my bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Sorry. Listen, I'm at home with a child every day now. She loves I'm, that joke. I'm, I'm ready to, like, bust into some Wiggles songs here in just a Ooh, second. Um, love that. Okay, here's my take on Joe Rody. I have, like, a love-hate relationship with, with the man. He, does, he doesn't know this. So, Joe, if you're listening, this is going to be news. <laughs> yeah, it's going to wow. be news to you. Take- Take a seat, Joe. Yeah. Take a seat. Listen, I really like you a lot. I think you've done great things for the company, but I think he also knows that. <laughs> and oh, I think indeed. his his level of confidence, uh, I think, was sometimes a little off-putting for me. Mm. Um, which I guess when you get to a certain level like that, you're you're just going to automatically like ooze confidence. Like it's just going to be like coming out, you know, as you walk around, and then we might be stepping in it. You know, I think that's what it, that's probably the best way for me to put this. Sure. Um, Here's my take on that. I think some people who come off as like, not overly confident, because like you said, he, it's deserved. He is a, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. creative genius and has given us so much like as an Imagineer. Being that he is a creative person, sometimes people like that are actually just really awkward. And sometimes mm-hmm. that comes off as arrogance and it's a little confusing yeah no that's true that's, that's true that's gonna be my my i don't know why i'm defending joe Rody so much like i don't i am actually have no skin in the game here but we have a very just, big roadie head over here yeah, yeah. Rody. well i no, like his no, earring a lot that's a weird that's a weird title i don't think you should use that <laughs> it's gonna be taken it's gonna be taken out of context real bad no oh. our, our podcast has now just hit a whole new level prior 
compared to 15 <laughs> minutes ago when I finally Wikipedia'd him, I would have been <laughs> Wikipedia'd him. I don't even know. You make but, also, but also just the fact that you had to look him up. You didn't oh. know who he was? No, I knew who he was. <laughs> but when I knew... Okay, things I knew about Joe Rody prior to t- 20 minutes ago now. He <laughs> basically built Animal Kingdom all by himself. Probably yes. yep. climbed actual okay. Everest as right. well as created the new Everest. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and does not understand what Disney look is. Those are the... F- Three th- <laughs> things that I would have classified for Joe Rody. Yeah. And and previous Cheryl would have been like, oh boy, Joe Rody, what a right. jerk. But two things. So other things that Joe Rody has done. He started at Disney in the creation of Epcot. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'll, kudos to there. Yeah. He also created the Mexico Pavilion, the Norway Pavilion, both classics. Who two of my favorite. That? Absolutely. This is where I roll my eyes again and say gross. Pleasure Island and the Adventurers Club, of course. Wait, no, I love Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island, sure. I love me, the all the different things, but I never went to the Adventurers Club. And honestly, mm. shade to the fans of the Adventurers Club, Ooh, maybe wow. not to the actual thing. Oh, sure, because they're kind of obnoxious. It, it was like a lifestyle. <laughs> we don't mean to separate our fans that... <laughs> We're, we're avid adventures club goers. Honestly, please educate us. Like, comment, tweet, like, like I'd like to know more about it. Well, I feel like the Adventures Club is, 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 you can almost relate it to, like, a cult following, like, um, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right, like yes, every I feel like every city in the U.S. has like that theater that plays 100%. it, where they do like the live action thing in front. You know, they, they everywhere yes. has that, and I feel like yeah. the Adventures Club was like that where it was just the same people were going all the time and then you had random guests that come in and go what the hell's going on i'm out of here i I, you know i went a couple times myself and i I didn't get the appeal of it but i did i had some laughs there were some parts that were kind of fun but i didn't i guess i didn't drink the kool-aid that you know the the true like followers of that that nightclub were were. sometimes it's hard i think i have the I, i have like a i wasn't part of it therefore i don't like it mentality because when I ever would go, same thing, like, I feel like I was, like, late to the game. And so mm-hmm, I, like, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. it's like I didn't know the inside jokes. And when you don't know that and you feel you feel the energy from everyone around you, like, quoting things and stuff, you, you do feel on the outside. And so I was like, well, I don't like this. And instead we're going to the BET club and I'm just going to dance. Or, yes. like, the disco club or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. it was right. truly because we were on the outside. I think that, I think we were, or, or at least I was, I was too late to going to Pleasure Island like in its last couple years that I didn't I didn't have enough experience with it to like like it as much but I guess if you were in in the know it was it was very clever without a doubt I'll 100% give it that agreed and to Ashby's like example I would equate it to if you are one of those Rocky Horror people that goes during Halloween season Love you. Enjoy it. Get it on. If you are one of those Rocky Horror people that goes in the middle of April just because it's happening and you love it so much, like, the answer is no. And that's the vibe that I got. Could someone 
be saying this to the three of us where it's like, sure, go to Disney World if you really want to, but like, don't start a goddamn podcast for about sure. it. For <laughs> sure. For sure. I think I just wouldn't subscribe to them and they wouldn't subscribe to us. Understandable. Yeah. It right, takes all right. kinds. It More takes all Joe kinds. More Joe Brody accomplishment. Go ahead. I, but I, I was going to say to that, to your original statement of like, Joe Rody was involved in the Adventures Club. It, as soon as I didn't know that, but as soon as you said that, I was like, duh. Like, that's like, why did I not think of that before? I'm sure that's like an embodiment of Joe Rody in a building. Yeah. Um, other things, he was a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout changeover from the Tower of Terror at uh, Disney's California Adventure. My favorite, he did Captain EO. Love that. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that one. Yep. Yes. Um, the other big ones, of course, we know. Uh, well, he did Aulani. He did that because mm-hmm. I guess he grew up in Hawaii. So he was like, Hi. Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah, that tracks. Um, and then the big ones, of course. He was the lead designer for Animal Kingdom, the creative force behind Expedition Everest, and then Pandora. So, like, yeah. big old Animal Kingdom person. Your girl Cheryl hates Animal Not hates, but is not a fan. So, clearly, she <laughs> that kind of, does that, not yeah, that makes subscribe. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to Tiffin's in Animal Kingdom? No, but I would go there. <laughs> I, I've been there, like, once as, like, a walkthrough, but not actually, like, you know, enjoying the... It's really, it's very good, and it's really nice inside. And actually, I I prefer the Nomad Lounge next door. Like, it's mm-hmm. like a, a lounge. It's really good. But the one thing I'd say that's a little awkward about Tiffin's is I've got, same thing, I got, like, given a little a little tour of Tiffin's at one point. And it's really neat when you see, like, the art, of, art and artifacts and stuff, but, like, Every other word out of the tour was like, and this is for Joe Rody, and this is like Joe Rody's sketchbook, and like, here's a picture of Joe Rody, and like, Joe Rody spit here, and like, it was just, I felt a little like, okay, well, and I, I honestly feel the same way anytime, anytime we do a little like hero worshiping of Walt as well, where I'm like, okay, geniuses and amazing and stuff, but like, no one's perfect, and we probably shouldn't be like worshiping humans, and it's, kind of, right. you know, it just makes me a little uncomfortable but yeah i i would recommend tiffin so i'm actually gonna write that down cheryl because any excuse to get you to animal kingdom i'm gonna t- <laughs> I, will go. I will go the one last thing i want to say about joe Rody, and this comes straight from wikipedia so who knows how factual okay. this is is Rody's trademark is a large collection of earrings he wears in his left ear all of which mm-hmm. are souvenirs from decades of travel to remote corners of the world this tradition began when he stuck his five-year anniversary pin into his ear. Oh, Ew. dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Doesn't he, that kind of sound like a villain from an Indiana Jones movie? Absolutely. It's like, I stole artifacts from all over the world. Indiana Jones like, those should be in a museum. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. I got a lot of exposure to him when I was at Animal Kingdom for the X amount of years that I was there. And then Pandora was where I really saw a lot of his um and, and heard him because uh, we when we started doing um the because we, we we were real big on the story and we were real big on telling the cast of animal kingdom like basically trying to sell it to them of like why did we bring pandora to <laughs> animal kingdom Good. right someone had to yeah. yeah and so he was a big part of that helping to teach because we taught um a selected group of cast members to kind of be like little tour guides he came in and he did this great presentation and he really he did a great job of answering the questions and and making what he was really good at was getting people on board and making people believe his vision. I think I'll speak for myself, you know, when I went in the room, you know, ready to hear this, I, I was I was a naysayer. I was like, I don't understand Pandora, like all the jokes that have been made about Pandora going into Disney and stuff. 
when I walked out of that room, I was like, yeah, Pandora. I mean, it should be here. Like this is, he's a hundred percent right. And I am. So at that point I was drinking the Kool-Aid and like, <laughs> yeah. um, but that he was good at that. And I think that's why he did so well is he had such a great vision. And I think he had a great way of sharing that vision with like operations was always the, the, the big sell. You know, you had to sell to the operations people at Disney, this blue sky idea. And I think he just knew how to do that the right way. And then I think he just gained the reputation and then people just knew he was bringing good stuff to the table. Yeah, very serious about the story and was very good at at storytelling and kind of selling it. Yeah, like everyone. storytelling. and and But also like, I think because he had done so well at putting animal kingdom together as far as like the design and the creative behind it to put pandora in there it was like it's it's just like he added it in and made it so seamless it was just it was beautiful the way he the way he crafted that the words with that i don't know it was just a i was very impressed with him especially that you know i would love to get cheryl in front of a joe roadie to see what what he could sell to her about animal kingdom right i think she would walk out uh, a little bit of a believer Look, I mean, if anyone's going to do it, I feel like it's him. But I also feel like how many white claws have I had? Like, I think, <laughs> I think getting me to the room would be the hardest part. Yeah, you got to. Well, we would have to trick you to get. For sure. Tell yeah. me that they're showing Captain EO again. And then right. I'm in. Because then I'm already on the Joe Rody train of like, sure, you've got me here. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, So this is a good transition into our oh are we talking about joe Rody today <laughs> the master storyteller who created expedition everest what? legend legend of the forbidden mountain oh i cut off the actual t- title yeah, you did so does everyone <laughs> is that the title yeah oh god i mean and you're lucky if people say expedition everest it's right. always just everest mm-hmm. which is obviously like of course it is Why? yeah why would your title of your roller coaster be that long? Uh, all right, so <laughs> the transition was not as smooth as I, I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it wasn't. You know what else isn't smooth? The path to Everest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else isn't smooth? The movement of the Yeti. Oh, oh take I that! I was wondering how Rody. long it would take for us. <laughs> Wait, I need like a. I need like a. <laughs> oh no, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Take that! <laughs> oh god, I can't stop. There's too many buttons. Okay. Anyways, Someone I'm done. Someone has to go over there and, and take that thing away. <laughs> I I swear. I think I said this before in a stream where I'm. Just, we're, it's turning into like shock jock territory where it's yeah. like all right welcome back everybody here we go hey <laughs> all right everyone's like 90s, good though. god turn oh. off this podcast pump up the jam pump it up Why yeah yeah <laughs> hey we're back everybody i'm out oh yeah go yeah go take a breather for a couple minutes <laughs> Well, we talk about Expedition Everest. Legend of the Forbidden Mountain. How many times am I going to say it? Enough. Oh, God. So that we catch on. Here's something that is hard to wrap your head around. Everest was not an opening day attraction at Animal Kingdom. I didn't realize how much later it came into the park. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. So it opened on April 7th, 2006, mm-hmm. which was eight years after Animal Kingdom opened. So that that park went almost a 
decade with Kilimanjaro Safaris, Cali River Rapids, and Dinosaur. Wow. As its only, like, <laughs> ride rides. Do you, well, unless not, you guys count not... Triceratops Spin. Well, also, I mean, come on, like, Primeval Whirl. Like, let's not... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, <laughs> Let me just say, there's... If there's one attraction we'll never cover, it's primeval, primeval world. No, because you can go to any carnival or roadside <laughs> attraction and find Next week on Podcast Drop Clear, primeval world. Oh, God. I just so hated it awful. so much. It was it was painful, and you had to be... It was the highest... I say was, because it doesn't exist anymore. It was the... You had to be... It was the highest height restriction. What yeah. was their height restriction? All property. It was like 40... 57 inches. No, <laughs> Uh, five I've feet, never been four on inches. It. No, it was forty-eight inches. Ridiculous. Because it. Listen, I worked there for a year, and I was ready to pull my eyeballs out because every call out there was a guest complaining about the height. I get it. I can I. I like. I understand that your child, who is, who just got off of, years old. Who, who just got off of Expedition Everest, it cannot ride Primeval World. I get it. I am surprised that the calls that you got weren't like, "Hi, my child." dislocated their elbow here because it's such a violent <laughs> ride. Like, look, it was such garbage. I want my money back and I can't. I need it. There were some people that loved that ride, which was weird, but uh, yeah, whatever. It is weird in the park now because I was there just uh, like a couple weeks ago and it just sits there. A giant, you know, roller coaster that's just sitting there doing nothing, looking all sad. Let's uh, let's head back on over to Asia, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's get away from Primeval Hurl. Okay, Shock Jock, where was your sound oh, effect on Primeval Hurl? <laughs> so back to Rhodey, though. We're, we can't avoid the man. Um, Asia, along with Africa, I'd say, are two of the most, like, like story-themed lands in Animal Kingdom and, like, possibly all of Walt Disney World. There is quite the backstory in Africa and in Asia. Both have their own it's Harambe in Africa and in Asia, it's Anandapur. It's a fictional land um, or like city, I it's guess. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, there's a whole kind of backstory to these areas and then it links back to Expedition Everest as well. I do remember there was like, it, there's something about like, a, it's like a village down at the bottom of the mountain and then you get to like, like you're, you're going to take the train to Mount Ever or like up through Mount Ever- Mount Everest. It's like an old uh, T train. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um and and that's about as far as I got. I I know that like what I really loved was like that they showed, you know, on the pathway down in um the village, there's like the bike tires and the animal prints and everything. But then as you get further towards the actual entrance to Everest, you start to see less of that and more of like what you would see in higher elevations. Yep. Uh, That kind of stuff just was like always cool to me. The story of the land is kind of back in the day, there was this Anandapur Royal Tea Company that used to ship its tea through what's called the Forbidden Mountain Pass. And then there were a lot of mysterious attacks by the legend, legendary Yeti beast. Yep. 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 That you, if if I could give you an award right now, I would. Yes, that was so for good. Sound Best editing. sound editing for a podcast so goes to Jenny. Ashby Clark. <laughs> <laughs> and I take it back. Oh, it's um, gone. It's gone. You, you're gonna get it again. You're gonna. I'm positive you'll get it again. Okay. 
I'm running out of buttons to hit. <laughs> but because because there were so many of these attacks by the Yeti, eventually this company went out of business and the town kind of went into disrepair. But the residents over the years, and that's where we're supposed to be like in current time, have um, built up the town again and are using old buildings for different different purposes. So sometimes you'll see, think like the ice cream store used to sell something else oh well it, it was a it was a bus right and it was yeah what did it do though I, I can't remember what the bus did but they converted the bus into you know this this place where you can get ice cream things that used to be in this town were used for something else and now are used for something different because the, the residents of the town are creative and industrious and um figuring it out which is great so expedition everest is these two people then got together and still run this train this it used to be a former tea tr- that um transported tea but they now they just take people to a base camp at the edge of Everest. but the whole town is like don't do this guys you, you know the yeti this is dangerous don't do it don't do it and they do it anyway what? that's the backstory no. to expedition everest hey where do we think that the um <laughs> The now just, you know, empty theater fits into this storyline. Nighttime show. Oh, my God. Why can't I not think of the name <gasps> of it? Rivers of Light. Yeah, Rivers of Light. Like, how does right. that... I, want, I never really found out. Like, how does that theater fit into the story? Because, like, it oh, just showed you know up, what? you know? I have no idea how they, are, how they fit that in, actually. Yeah. Because it definitely throws a wrench in the whole, like, you're not going to have a theater up in the, the base <laughs> camp of a mountain. <laughs> right. But how so did they explain, like, the wa- the body of water anyway? I guess Yeah, that's true. Really. I don't know. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. how did they explain when they had the characters on the boat out there? Like, I... <laughs> right. Some, some things just can't be explained. How do they explain John Smith and Pocahontas still hanging out? Like, literally. Right. <laughs> I guess sometimes you have to just use your imagination. It's Disney magic. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. It Gross. sure is an accurate history. Can I tell you, speaking of John Smith and Pocahontas, do you know that there's... There's a scene in which John Smith is speaking English to Pocahontas and she can't understand him. And then Grandmother Willow comes, like, the it comes in and the the, the lyric is like, listen with your heart. Oh, and my then, God, that's Then beautiful. she can understand him. So it's just like now she understands, magically understands English, which I think is just nuts. That makes me like it more. Made, made me like it less. Here's the deal. Also, <laughs> we all know that Mel Gibson is not stand-up citizen. But Correct. that song, and I just, I really enjoy, I enjoy his portrayal of John Smith. And for the disgusting inaccuracies that it is. Like, I, well, we love it. And do we think John Smith is a stand-up guy is either? No. Like, no. So, actually, it's a perfect casting. Perfect. <laughs> and that song is so great. There's a, yeah, it's a great soundtrack. I've never seen the movie all the way through. <gasps> oh, you should. Ooh, I that recommend was like my that one. favorite. It's really good. I, I think because when it came out, I was a young boy that was like, ugh, Pocahontas. Bleh. We'll get back into it. Yeah. yeah, like now I feel like I should go back, but it's hard. You it's have a har- daughter now. <laughs> it's hard to, yeah, That's it'll definitely show up at some point in my life. Oh, God, we keep, this, we're just like on a runaway. We're on a runaway T train. Hey, yo. But yeah, let's actually just like roll back a little bit. Let's talk about our our takes on Expedition Everest. Like it, like it, love it, hate it. Never been on it. I loathe it. But loathe oh, it. Dear. Loathe it. Oh, here's the thing. Super happy it's get there. Would not remove it from the park by any means. Will I ever ride it again? No. 
<laughs> Cheryl, you don't like roller coasters, though. Correct. And it is a, it's, I think it's a wild ride. It's, it's one of the wilder of the Disney coasters. Okay, and here's the thing. Like, um, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy rides. We all know this. I love them, but I don't enjoy them. I was reading on the Wikipedia when I was looking up Joe Rohde. This was the most expensive roller coaster ever. It was a hundred million dollars. Up oh, until God. it got replaced as the most expensive roller coaster by one Mr. Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike. Oh. Do not enjoy roller coasters. Uh-oh. We'll ride that until it kills me. Ashby, what's your what's your kind of like personal take on Everest? Um, I I really enjoy it. I think it's a it was a fun like the first time riding it was a great experience because you didn't know like you don't I think for anybody who rides it the first time you don't know what's coming necessarily there's a few surprises along the way there's some cool um you know technology that at the time was kind of new uh in the world of you know uh, thrill rides so I enjoy and, and I think it has enough thrill I think I think it caters to a great audience like people who do love thrill rides I think will in, will enjoy it as well as people who maybe don't enjoy like super duper roller coasters. They're just like, you know what I mean? Like this wasn't, this one doesn't have loops, but it does have a couple big hills. So I don't know. I just, I, I really enjoy it. It's definitely one that if I, if I go to Animal Kingdom, I try my darndest to ride it because it is, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I'm somewhere with you, Ashby. It is definitely, like, I don't like a roller coaster with a loop. I probably will avoid a roller coaster with a loop, but Everest is, is thrilling and has, some intense moments but it never really goes too far i love the range that we have i i'm just now realizing this but like cheryl is like i don't want anything crazy mm-hmm. molly's like i'll take a little crazy and i'm like i'll do it i don't care like whatever it's cool some disney travelers especially i'd say some as family vacation some people want more thrill rides just in their theme park vacation. And Disney doesn't always do that for people. Mm-hmm. End up going to Busch Gardens or SeaWorld or Universal for that. Everest can do that for, for I think, a large portion of those people who are looking for thrills. Rock and Roller Coaster and Everest, I think, think do that for right. people. So, right. um, and I agree. I think it's a very interesting ride full of twists and turns and some unique elements. The theming is good. I love this ride at night. It is so fun mm-hmm. yeah, at yeah. nighttime. And you mentioned going on it the first time. There's some surprises. I love going with people for their very first time on Everest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. And not telling them anything about it. That's 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 very fun as well. It's like when you go, like uh, when you've seen a movie before and you like know that one part, you're like watching the person the whole time and they're like, stop looking at me. I'm trying to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, at the very beginning, you do like a you leave the station and you do like a figure eight mm-hmm, but i mm-hmm. but the whole time in the queue and definitely like as you're approaching the ride from you know walking into the lands it looks like the very first thing you do is go up that lift hill yeah but it isn't and it's kind of like a little fake out beginning and i like that it's it's intentionally disorienting in the beginning That's, yeah it's like a nice little just kind of like it's almost like you're like frolicking through the the bushes and trees yeah. And then you get to the hill that takes you up. <laughs> it's all. This is also a fun ride 
similar to Splash Mountain, where you always have like the group of either people who don't want to ride or aren't tall enough to ride. They wait out in the front of the mountain to see that big drop moment. That's fun. That's like a fun social energy around the ride that I enjoy as well. Yeah, honestly, too. So as an avid anti-Everest uh, folk, if you are the one person sitting out, they have an amazing sitting area for you. You can wait to see your friends go up that weird mountain that they're talking about. Like, pictures galore. Highly, 10 out of 10 recommended as the non-rider. They have, like, benches and stuff. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. well, and now they have, they, they sell liquor right there. Uh, they have oh, that little bar seriously. right next to it. So now, actually, it's a better experience not to ride it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Any other things about the area around Everest before we talk about the queue? Because the queue might be my favorite part of this experience. I, I want to share one little fun thing. Um, I don't know if you guys know about it or not, but as you're coming from. What, what would you call that area? Like the little crossroads area. That's it's all still within Asia, like where you where you can go to Cali River Rapids or where Yak and Yeti is located. Mm-hmm. If you're coming yeah. from that direction, as you come down the pathway and you get that first kind of reveal of the mountain. Yeah, it's beautiful right yeah, there. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. There are some great pictures that can be taken there if you're going like early or late, like sunrise, sunset. Those are some mm-hmm. some really great shots. But there's a cool little display along the fence line by the water that gives you a little bit of information about the mountains uh, that Mount Everest is like, the, the range there that Mount Everest is part of. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. But anyways, you can look and see, and, and you can kind of line up where Everest fits in amongst this little, there's like a little display there. So, so you can kind of figure out where Mount Everest actually is in a picture, you know, of the range. Because some people, because there's one that looks bigger and taller, but it's actually not because the other one is further away be, behind it like Anyways, Everest is be, is technically behind the structure right right yeah. so you have to like it's just a neat little if you're not familiar with uh the mountains like take a look at that cool display yeah. and it's neat because then Mount Everest the ride is right behind it so you can kind of line it up and right check it out it's pretty cool and that's a good, that's like a, a good thing to mention because that's a misconception. So the the ride, the mountain you're supposed to be going through is not Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. It's the Forbidden Mountain um, where the Yeti lives. So yeah, if, you, if you're looking at Everest from where Ashby's describing, you can actually see a peak in the, what seems to be like behind the Forbidden Mountain and that's Everest. And like you said, because of forced perspective, it's supposed to imply that Everest is still taller because it's behind. Yep, um, yep the mountain there's also right where you're where you're talking about there's this small little temple that's supposed to be oh um, yes somewhat i believe it's somewhat about the yeti it's supposed to be like Mm -hmm. beware of the yeti we're building this little shrine to protect us from the yeti and it's if you look at it just right the roof of the little shrine is actually in the shape of the Everest and the Forbidden Mountain in the distance itself. It's really neat. Yeah, it's very, like, it's definitely, you get the feeling of, like... Superstitious, kind of. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. It, give, it gives off, a, like, a very, like, suspenseful vibe. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like... <laughs> no, okay, I already used it. I already used it. Okay. That's what's going on <laughs> inside my head right now. Which is which is also good because it's it's light and it's fun. You know, it's not it's not too threatening of, like, a, like, oh the Yeti... 
But because you've <laughs> absorbed that on your way to the ride and in the line, and once you get on the ride, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, this thing's kind of scary, huh? And by the time you actually experience the Eddie, it's good. It's good buildup. Good mm-hmm. storytelling. Mm-hmm. Roadie. Oh, here's just some stats. Before we get into the line here, vehicle capacity, 34 riders at a time. I feel like that's good. I wonder how many trains they could use at a time. Uh, I think they can do f- four. And what is the ride time? Two minute 50. Yeah, it's 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 pretty decent. Because I, I remember talking to him about it one time about, I, I want to say they can even get up to five trains, but I, I, I might be making that up. It, it's either four or five. And one of, like, whatever that higher number is, is the one they use on, like, the peak days. Would you consider this a people eater, Ashby? It's one I, of my favorite phrases I, you talk about. No, me. I don't think so. I wouldn't, I, you need, like, a, you know, universe rest in peace, of universe of energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, universe of okay. energy or uh, what's another good people eater? Uh, oh, um, uh, uh, Carousel of Progress, you know, things that just, like. Journey of the Little Mermaid. Oh, and, yeah. Mm, eat some Yeah. Yep, Spaceship Earth, any any Omni Mover, yeah. Except Peter Pan. No, Peter Pan is a different, ridiculous beast. Ancient. Um, So the height requirement for Everest is 44 inches. That's pretty high. Big coaster. Um, And the total height of the attraction is 199.5 feet, which makes it the tallest point on Walt Disney property. It's the point where you have to have a, a beacon light. Yeah, exactly. Which we mentioned way, way, way back yeah. in episode two. If you're a long-term terror. follower, you've heard us say this before. Okay, if you're a long-term follower, let us know and I'll send you a prize. Because yeah, we talked about you. it on our, our Patreon. Um, yeah, no, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> back when we used to fake sponsorships uh-huh, too. Yeah. But yeah, the, the ride lasts two minutes and 50 seconds, which I think for a roller coaster... That's that's good. That's worth waiting for, I'd say. Yeah, that's a decent roller coaster, yeah. Let's get into the, the queue. Now, Cheryl, when was the last time you did ride this? Because I want to know how, like, fresh your memory is of this experience. I feel like it's within the past 10 years. Um, oh, enough, good. Enough to where I remember the hair ties at the top of the mountain on the oh, side. Oh, so, yeah. But not yeah. enough to think that I should try to ride it again. Have we ever been on this ride together? I believe you would be the only person who could have gotten me on this ride. But I also distinctly remember the last time you were here, I did not ride this ride. So the queue itself is one of my favorite parts of the experience. Um, And it's separated into three distinct experiences, but technically, I guess, four themed areas. Do either of you have any memories of the line at all? The queue? The only, the thing that I do love about Everest, like I said, we'll never ride it again. Do I support it still being an attraction? 110%. Great. The thing I love the most about it is the prayer flags that they have everywhere in the land. Ooh, those are beautiful. Beautiful. So for anyone who doesn't know, they're basically what looks like paper streamers all throughout the land if you have no culture, no nothing. Yeah, who are you? AKA me up to like four (laughs) minutes ago. (laughs) But what they are is, um, and I don't, I don't know enough to culturally speak on it. But the thing I love the most about it is, that, but they're purposefully not very sturdy, and so they will deteriorate as they're up there. And part that means that part of your prayer is then becoming one with the earth. So as it like floats with the wind and the rain, it becomes a part of the earth, and then um, hopefully it comes true. I'm not sure, but I love that sentiment. Yeah, they're they're like Tibetan prayer flags, exactly, and they're multicolored and they look beautiful, like in the, 
the norm normal natural world as well but specifically in this land they're they're kind of placed in such a way that they're just yeah they're so inviting and very welcome and they're meant to like cheryl said to bless the area around they're trying to make sure that your trek to mount everest is as safe as possible actually the first time i remember waiting the line was for the cast preview it was at night so it was kind of a cool, like, atmosphere. There was, I remember that, like, the wind was blowing. There was a nice breeze blowing. The flags, all the flags in the queue were blowing around. Just seeing the different, like, I, I, I'm, like, a little speechless because I couldn't, I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. I couldn't yeah. follow the story myself. And I would say every time I went through that queue, I never really understood what was going on. It wasn't until I did tours through Everest and basically give the backstory of the attraction and that was the first time i learned about the queue and i was like oh wow there's a lot to digest here yeah so anyways my i was amazed by it and it was beautiful and there was a lot of detail but i didn't quite know what was happening like ashby mentioned so there's um the area of, in the land of the asia area where it's like yak and yeti and the it's not called flights of wonder anymore the bird show the up one um yes i don't know the name of it that area and then there's the you go further into the land and it's cali river rapids and then then there's the ice cream truck in the bar right there and then (laughs) there's everest it kind of spans over a large distance now by the time you get over to everest you're in an area of the Asia land known as Circa Zong, which is a hard thing to say. Circa Zong. Um, and the very first, the building you enter, actually, if you when you were to scan your fast pass or just enter into the standby line, is the booking office for the touring company called Himalayan Escapes. Um, and that's run by two men named Norbu and Bob. And these two gentlemen are the the folks who the townspeople are like, you don't do this. That's just a bad idea. Like, don't take people through the Forbidden Mountain. Remember what happened 50 years ago? You know, so they're kind of like <laughs> at odds with the residents. So, yeah, the first place you go is actually just like a it's like a travel agency. And there's a desk and pamphlets and all of this stuff all inside this this building. It's really neat. Lot like a ton to look at. It had a little bit of a feel similar to Kilimanjaro Safari. Yes. Because when you go in, there's like a little office and a you know that kind of a setup. And I like that about Animal Kingdom, because Dinosaur has it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where like you really feel like you are walking through um, something, and maybe that sounds so stupid because does that exist in other attractions in other parks? Um, like, not, not to that extent. I feel. I like. don't think so. Thanks, Joe Rody. Yeah, Rody. <laughs> Point to Rody. Maybe like Frozen Ever After, but that's new, you know? So it's like a newer style of that. So then you actually go outside and you go through like a, a replica temple and it's it's outdoor and it's a temple for the Yeti as well. Again, kind of to protect people from the Yeti and it has all those little candles and a lot of the prayer flags and it's actually very beautiful and lush. But hot if it's nine months out of the year yeah come on it's florida in orlando what's built let's build an outside queue it really is beautiful and i i really like that part of the queue um and then you actually go into a yeti museum which is the best part of the queue and Mm -hmm. and if you have a fast pass you typically enter the queue at this point as well and a lot of the artifacts in this museum and actually sprinkled throughout 
the Q are totally authentic, bought by Joe Rody and his team when they went to Tibet to do their, their like educational tours to, to do research on this ride and attraction. So they actually contributed to local economies and brought back all of the stuff that they eventually had to age and stuff to make it look like it's been here for a long time. But I think that's pretty neat. I mean, did they though, like, do we not believe they really just stole these things? This is like Indiana Jones. Like these artifacts were stolen. Well, I don't think they're artifact. I think they're like, they were like, do we want to do like baskets? Like, like we should buy them here. And then yeah, we'll them steal back. them from this villager. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> I do like I do like the idea that Joe Rody is an Indiana Jones villain quite a bit. And now he's a retired villain, so he's going to go off and do more bad things. Yeah, with some sort of great retirement package, all this money. <laughs> yeah, I think it's um, you definitely take it for granted when you're in the area, but I'll I'll remember next time I'm there um, to look around and try to try to appreciate those details a little bit because I think it's really special and I. It adds to, no one likes waiting in line. Like, nobody (laughs) actually likes it. But if you can make the experience more interesting to look at and and even just the environment more inviting, um, it can be a bearable experience. And in the the time before virtual queues, this was how you you did that. And And I'm glad they put the investment in there, so. Yeah, for sure. And then they, you reach the station. That's pretty cool. You see the, it looks like a roller coaster out in front of you and it has a, it's actually very similar to Big Thunder Mountain, but like a train, the front of a train engine at the front of the actual roller coaster train as well. It's pretty well, neat. Well, that, this one's weird though, because it's at the back. <gasps> oh my God, you're absolutely right. Yes, Remember? that yeah. train is in at the back. Yeah, yeah the, right. the, yeah, the locomotive or the engine car, whatever you would call it in this particular case is at the rear of the train, which I guess for that type of a, I remember, I remember hearing a little bit about this. Because, because you like, have to go up an incline, right? So you need the right. motor in the back. Is that, I don't know. Well, it was that, and I think it was also to keep an eye on your cargo. Mm. It was, it was, you could, you, everything was in front of you. So it was easier to do that, especially on those crazy uh, rails that would have gone through, you know, that kind of a, a mountainous region. When a, a train pulls into the station behind or underneath the, yeah, like you're saying, like the locomotive engine, it's supposed to be a steam train. And when it's in the station, there's there's steam coming up from it like, like a train would be in a train station. But obviously this isn't a real steam engine. It's a roller coaster, right? Right. And so that steam isn't coming off of the train. It's actually just coming up from below the tracks. Mm -hmm. It's just a detail that was put in there to actually make the environment feel very authentic. It's a neat effect that kind of worried me a little bit when I, because I got trained, I got trained at that attraction. And I remember walking the track and I, I even asked the person like, hey, if that steam comes up, like, what do I? And they're like, yeah, there's a certain, there's a certain area where you have to be careful not to like, you know, don't stick your hand in the steam, but also not like, at a level where it's going to burn you, but just, you know, Pretty but cool. a cool effect. Yeah. Do you guys like to sit at the front of the roller coaster, the back of the roller coaster, or doesn't matter at all? Whatever gets me off of it faster. <laughs> <laughs> Ashby? For me, it's, I have a weird, like, I like both, but it depends on the roller coaster too, because there's sometimes when you sit in the front of a roller coaster that it's like, the most exhilarating. And I would say that's usually like some of the ones that set you up for the drop. And it, it, I don't know how to describe it, but basically like if you get locked at the top and you are immediately dropped and you feel that sensation immediately, 
I love the front of the coaster. But if it's the kind of coaster where it's like you go up the hill and you come over the crest and you're almost halfway down the hill before mm, sure. acceleration kicks in, then I don't like the front because it's such a it jars me. Uh, and I, I prefer the back of the attraction. Where does Everest fall on this? I feel like Everest. Yeah, I I feel like I have more fun in the back of the coaster, but yeah. like but the view is cool and from the front. So big, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just, I'm I lean a little bit more towards the front on this attraction because you don't have um you you have like full full view of everything in front of you. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's some height on this coaster, right? Like the first incline hill, you're going up pretty high, and the kind of like fake out moment when you lose, when the track goes away, when you're th- when you're further up, you can actually see over the edge. Like that's pretty special. Mm-hmm. And then the big drop that is visible to people, like as you're walking up to the coaster, I, I think that's also pretty fun. Pretty yeah. fun when you're up yeah. front. I guess you kind of have the best of both worlds because of the fact that. It goes, you know, forward and backwards. Okay, yeah. So, like I said before, the 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 ride starts, and it's a little bit of like a peaceful little f- like figure eight. It's a frolic, remember? Frolic. Moment, a little frolic. You're like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be the easiest expedition ever. I don't know what all these people were so afraid about. What yeti? <laughs> Famous last words. Yeti um, schmetti. So then you go up a big steep incline hill, and it's very very neat. I always take the opportunity to turn around in my seat and try to see other parts of disney world it's beautiful and then they yell at you ma'am ma'am face forward please and then i'm gonna be honest like oh and then you kind of pass through this as you're going up this hill you go through another temple with a big painting of the yeti and now you're like oh shit like now i'm scared of the yeti a little foreshadowing i think maybe we've made a mistake right um bob led us astray here And then you, once you get up um, in the mountain, you do a couple twists and turns, and then, this is the unexpected moment, you go, are going up a hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And if you look ahead of you, the track has been totally ripped up. By who? Who By could have done this? Who? who could have done this? <laughs> Not, not you, sir. Get out of here. I mean, it looks... Sir! It, <laughs> at the time, if you're not paying attention, it feels like an ominous, like, eagle crow thing. Like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. And then Cheryl mentioned this. Over the years, people have taken to throwing their, like, ponytail holders out onto the side of the track in this moment. It's very Litter. bizarre. It's so gross. It is gross. I think it's gross too. I don't like that, and I would I would love someone to explain it to me. Yeah, I want to know why, because like, why, especially. I mean, I can't speak from experience here, but I would assume as a lady who has long hair. I mean, maybe I guess there'd be a guy who had long hair too. Mm-hmm. As a person who has long hair, why would you take the thing that's going to hold your hair from like blowing all over your face and everywhere and throw it away right at the beginning of the ride? I think people love having a part of themselves in these Disney rides. So these roadie heads who Gross. like love Joe Rody <laughs> want their oh, hair so, tie up there. And I don't so even fault of- Disney because like it's got to be so hard to clean. It's so high up. There's no oh, way no, they can yeah. get to it. Yeah. I'm angry for the people who did it. So wait, so it's yeah. like when you go to a concert and like the the women throw their panties up on stage. That's what this is. They're throwing their... Hair ties at Joe Rody. They that- just want to feel a part of it, honestly. 
I would say it's more similar to like graffiti, but way less artistic and cool. You know, like it's <laughs> it's vandalism. It sure <laughs> is. I hate it too, and it it takes away from the it takes away from the theming for me. And I'm a theme mm-hmm. kind of a theme gal, and it also takes like the forced perspective away a little bit. You're supposed to be to feel like you're at the top of a mountain peak, and you turn to the side, and you're like. Here's 4,000 dirty <laughs> ponytail holders. How stupid. So disgusting. Mm-hmm. I'm angry about I, it. I get angry about it. It is It is weird. I don't I don't get it. Speaking of wanting to be on Disney rides, like people wanting to leave a piece of themselves, do you remember in the Haunted Mansion oh, episode? Oh, for sure. <laughs> we talked about oh, yeah, people yeah. leaving their the remains. remains. Mm-hmm. Does that happen oh. on Everest? I doubt it. Or if it does, like nobody notices. I mean, and like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so gross. I think if people did try that, they would like fail miserably because they'd probably do it, and then I'll, but the train would move before they <laughs> Come did it. Back and in their face. The ash is like all over them when they get back to the station. It's like a mess. Oh, yeah. No. Sorry, oh. Aunt Edna. You're yeah, just, you're with karma. me now. Um, and then. The track goes backwards. Ugh. The train goes backwards. Least favorite part. It's my least favorite part, too, because I'm going to try to explain this in the best way I can. When you first start going backwards, you're like, oh, ah, like it's fine. And then you do a turn that feels as close to going upside down <laughs> as you could possibly go without going upside down. That makes my stomach feel terrible. Terrible. Same. I, I feel that I feel that that thing in my stomach too. I think that's just like a weird like it's a mix of like you can't see what's going on. It gets dark and it's also a weird turn that you don't normally do in your life. And again, I don't know the angle of it and I but it it really like you are going up. You're going backwards and you're going up and it feels bad. The brilliance of a Disney roller coaster though is they just know they know not to do something for too long. <laughs> and <laughs> And that lasts just long enough for me to be to yell a profanity and feel uncomfortable. And just like that, it's over. And the, the train has stopped again. And you see like a, an animation or I'm sorry, you see a vision of the of the Yeti and he's you know, breaking more track because that's what he does. And then the train has has righted itself. And now you're going to go straight ahead again. Th- this moment, I feel because I've ridden with uh, a few kids in my family. This moment feels like a moment from like a bug's life. Or uh, it's tough to be a bug. Sorry. What do you where, mean? Like, you know, tough to be a bug has a couple of those moments where it's like, I, you should have thought about how you did this section because you're going to scare the bejesus out of a kid. This part is where I feel this happens because the train stops. You're already just recovering from this weird ass going backwards. My stomach feels like it's upside down. And then you stop and it's dark. And then, and then you hear the like, roar and the pounding and the roar. And then you just, you, but you don't see the shadow at first. So... Now you're starting to wonder, like, where the hell is that coming from? Like, you start looking around. Mm. And then the shadow appears, and that gives you a little sense of, like, okay, like, I don't feel as scared because I can see that it's just a shadow on the wall. But there's just this brief moment where, like, kids have a little bit of a freak out right there. And then you just get let go. (laughs) You get let go, and then you go down the biggest drop of the roller coaster as well. And it is, it's a big one. It's definitely like a, you are out out of the seat moment. 
And they also yeah. take your picture in that moment. <laughs> right. I feel like I'm never, I always purposefully, though, have weird faces when I'm riding stuff. So Sure. I mean, I guess I succeed every time. <laughs> and then I'll say it again. So when you come down the big hill and then you have the other, you're, you're doing an incline, but you're doing it at a roller coaster speed. It's very fast. That one also makes my stomach a little topsy-turvy. Yeah, because that one you start doing the twist again, right? It's that same... Yeah, I think the the idea of like going at those angles at a at a speed really flips my tummy. But yeah, and then you do like a couple other little loops, turn topsy turves, and then you're done. Oh no, you're not. Whoa, there's hold a, on a, now. Hold there's on. There's a big there's a big finale that I'm not talking about. <laughs> but you know Joe Rody, we're gonna talk about him again, obviously. Almost at the very end of the ride. There's this big climactic scene. Um, if you watched any of the Travel Channel specials about this ride before it opened, which I obviously did, you would know that there's a giant animatronic of the Yeti at the bottom of this ride that was designed to, and for one year following its opening, was like fully animated. It only worked for a year? One year. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I don't even know if I ever saw it fully operational. I don't know. I have no like. Oh, I did for sure. I feel like if you if you did if you had, you would know it. It is an amazing. Well, it was. It'll probably never be there again. But it was an amazing effect. It's giant. It had like very fluid and and um, like expansive movements. It basically swung its giant arm at the train as you're going by, which is crazy. And like you're saying, those poor kids on the train, that was probably terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, it was such a cool effect because you, you're coming inside from out. So if you're, if it's, the big thing is if it's um, daylight, your eyes are already jacked. You go into this cave. Now it's dark. You really can't see anything at all. Now all of a sudden you hear the growl. You see like there's um, strobe lights that hit it. The strobe lights create a really crazy effect when it was moving if you've ever been in that effect at all, you know that it's weird. Like he's got his left arm kind of like holding up or it's like up on the like side, or the inside of the cave. And he's kind of leaning over the track. Like he's hanging off of something. And he's yeah. Oh, that's right. He's hanging off you. of, uh, mm-hmm. is he hanging off a piece of track or something? I can't remember exactly. And he's, his other arm is like swooping right above the train as it goes by. And he's got this, this flowing hair that yeah. I will say he must use some really great product because mm-hmm. it is it's well, he's, like silky he's doing, smooth he's doing the no poo approach where it's he doesn't lose anything <laughs> and so right. it's just natural greases and it's gorgeous it's gorgeous yeah it does a great job mm-hmm. uh but it it's a cool it adds to the the effect of when the arm swung that hair would just kind of swoosh like a cape and it was just uh it was just the cool and of course he's like roaring and oh, like very loud. moving yeah. and and then you're done. <laughs> and you're you, done. And you probably peed yourself or maybe pooed a little bit. Everyone did a little bit. So it, <laughs> right. it was, the animatronic was 22 feet tall. And gigantic. It, it was, it's huge. And in its prime, and it's like, what would that be? What's it, it's like A mode, right? It's mm-hmm, fully functioning mm-hmm. mode. It could move five feet um, what? Yes. Isn't that like crazy to think about? I don't like it. So it doesn't work. So it's in kind of wah, a perpetual wah. B mode. It's been nicknamed Disco Yeti, which I think is funny because mm-hmm. it has a, a strobe light on it now to imply movement. It does not move. No. Um, but it is still 
it's still impressive, it's still scary, and it's still loud as hell, which is just like, it adds to the whole experience. So it's still, it's still impressive, but wow, we could, I mean, could you imagine? It is, it's super sad because it's such a great, and you, I'm sure there's like people that are heartbroken that, that were a part of the creative, that it's just, ugh. I mean, we all hope one, like, I seriously thought when the parks shut down, yeah, I thought, come on, this is it right this here. This is the moment. Like, yeah. let's do it. And uh, they didn't. But then Rhodey retired. Yeah. <laughs> so he's on record on at like the 20, uh, what year is it? 2013 or 2014 at a D23 conference saying like, someone was like, are you ever going to fix the Eddie? And there was a lot of laughter and stuff. And he was like, I really want to. Like, I want to. But there's so much like involved um, yeah. with fixing it. So sorry. It works. It, it doesn't not work. It just is in this um, static mode because the foundation that the Yeti is sitting on, the animatronic, showed some signs of cracking and aging. It just was not stable enough to continue to, be, to use. It was unsafe to continue to use it. And because of the way it's built into the structure itself, it's not an easy thing to get to and repair. They would have had to replace the whole thing. So yeah. um, it's in intense that's another kind of fun fact about this attraction is because the era in which it was built was a new kind of the dawn of a new technological era in theme park attractions this roller coaster was designed and built in kind of record time or or changed the time in which an attraction can come to play which is pretty neat because of like 3d computer modeling and all sorts of stuff but the the mountain and the coaster are completely independent structures of each Mm -hmm. other they do not touch it's it's kind of fascinating i mean and i'm sure there's like some coaster enthusiasts out there that would know more about it but that was one of the things they showed us when we would walk through was one of the cool things i got to do was walk we walked inside the mountain and got to look up from the base of it and from inside, you could see the elements of both the coaster and the mountain. So you would see the coaster supports, right? Like you would normally see outside on a roller coaster. And then you would see the actual supports of the building and how everything kind of weaved in to each other. And then they had graphics of some of the computer technology that they used, where they basically like built this thing in the computer. And then from there, they dissected it and because there was a certain order that you had to bring every single piece in to make sure that it all came together. I'd love to know if there's like other attractions that have kind of had to go through the process that that this, that this one did. I mean, I'm, yeah, I just, I guess I don't know a ton about how roller coasters are built in general, but as I learned more about how this one came together and how the the construction process, the design aid process actually went down. Really impressive. And, and I guess the other thing too, like, you know, roller coasters, they have to have a little bit of give, right? If you, if you ever watch, you know, the supports move, everything bends a little bit. Yep. So if you, you can't have a building and a roller coaster that, you know what I mean? Like the building has, the, the building can't be moving. <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about that. So whether other Disney coasters, like Rock and Roller Coaster exist inside like a warehouse, essentially. Right, like that's right. that's a thing. Mm-hmm. What about like Big Thunder? How how structurally sound is that? The, the track is is in the mountain. Yeah, it's right. entirely outside, and each lift is its own almost individual thing for the most part. Mm, that's really interesting. That makes sense. So so that when they built the coat, I'm assuming I don't know. But did they build the coaster and then build the scenery all around it? Seems like yeah, it appears that way. Yeah, yeah. 
Or there's like the SeaWorld version of a roller coaster, which is which is just a coaster. Like right, there's some right. theming, but it, not really. Like, <laughs> you know, the Yeti. So going back to him for a second, the coolest thing when I was there was got to walk through, and they kind of brought us out this like door that puts you onto the track right where the Yeti is. Oh my God, that's scary. It it every time I would go in there, it would be. A moment where I would look up and one, I try not to lose my balance because you're standing on like a very thin walkway. But two, it would you you would because again, the hair is moving because the wind or the air, you know, the air conditioning or whatever. And that there's a little bit of movement happening. And he's just real enough looking that you're like, if this thing moves, I'm going to I'm going to die. I'm going to poop my pants. Yeah. And run out of here. And every single time I went in there, I'd have that same feeling. It was a monster. And it was just so well done. It just looked so real. So, you know, you get like, what, like a, a two seconds to look at it when you ride through it on the coaster. Right. S- being able to stand there and look at it, it you know, because sometimes they'll make things that like, if you just like blink, oh, that looks so real. But when you see it in real, you know, real time, it's like, ugh, this looks really gross or like, this is not that great quality. But that Yeti, I mean, you could, you could, it could be in a movie. Like, it's just so good looking. Give the Yeti a movie. Give him a movie. Let's do it. Ah, who's starring in it alongside him? Is the it Rock? The Rock. I was just going to say, if it's The Rock, I'll watch it. Important question. Who would voice the Yeti? Who would voice the Well, what's the Yeti's personality? Like, gentle I giant? I kind of want Liam Neeson to voice the Yeti. Ooh. He's got That's... a particular set of skills. <laughs> I was thinking more of like a Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, but that's been... <laughs> that was my other first thought, but I was like, all right, Affleck Duck or something cool. <laughs> Affleck Duck. I was thinking more of like a Maggie Smith. Oh, like, my God. Real shocker. Yes. It absolutely because... is Maggie Smith. Why do oh, we think the Yeti is a male, you know? Oh, it's totally, in. it's totally Professor McGonagall. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. I was thinking more Downton Abbey. Dowager Very Cassius, sassy. Yes. <laughs> like the, the Yeti's like sipping some tea, getting all yeah. sassy with it. What with are another... you doing here? Yeah. And she's just upset that like, what are you doing here? Like, this is my home. Absolutely. <laughs> Unless she has a husband or a really good job, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I love it. <laughs> so, so Joe Rody's gone, and, and we're here to oh stay. Oh, God. And the mess we're going to create. Sorry. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, the last little note that I want to say about this ride is that when you come back to the station, if you, if you forget everything and remember one thing, remember this. Brace yourself. <laughs> for the end of this coaster it is yes. it is the most abrupt and painful potentially like dangerous breaking of any any roller coaster i've ever been on in my life i think my liver has been shoved into a different part that it's not supposed to be in because of that attraction <laughs> correct i've never been the same like i it's so abrupt and it's um quite painful like you could you could like bump seriously bump your head on something so yeah if you're like Just bending down to get your phone out of the little pocket, right? Which some people gonna, do. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna have an injury. Yeah, I do. I do the same thing. I'm that obnoxious guest that I'm sure like the the operators hate. Where every t- I know it's coming, but every time it happens, I do that like oh, you know, like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, 
We know. Like, everybody does it. But it is funny, though, the whole train. Like, <laughs> there's always an audible sound that's heard when that thing stops because everybody's like, oh. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. And then, like, the restraints go up and you're, like, kind of ushered off. So you don't even have a moment to be like, did I just get a head injury? Like, right. what? <laughs> Am I concussed? Right. You're walking like, well, I'm confused. Damn it, I left my gift bag in the train yeah. oh there's a happening. oh there's the ride photo i look terrible <laughs> i guess i need i need to buy this this stuffed yeti what's happening right to me? right <laughs> maybe it's all part of the the plan <laughs> i really do like the gift shop though it's it's pretty good oh god i hate it oh uh, why do you hate it more so i just hate it because it's always so crowded because it's such a small gift shop and especially on really hot days that's where a lot of the people wait if they're waiting for their families, oh, God, it's the worst. Get me out of there. There's a lot of tie-dye in there, too, which feels weird to me. Okay. Mm. Here's mm-hmm. the deal. Things that I love about expression. The deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a friend who used to work there and um, would send me videos every day of this squirrel that <laughs> would... <laughs> Go into the gift shop and steal the full-sized candy bars from by the oh, register my and God. run out. Like, And it was like a known thing that the, he did this every day to the point where he knew he could get a video of it. And I just looked it up and there are videos on YouTube of this squirrel That's amazing. going to the cash register because they have all the full-sized candy bars there and just stealing it. Like, I, I need to know how much revenue that shop has lost alone from that squirrel. Wait, I, I, I have a I have a special surprise for everyone. We have I, I have the squirrel right here. He's got his computer set up. Squirrel, could you tell us about your experience? Hi everyone. <laughs> I my name is Simon, and I would go in every day and steal a chocolate bar from the Everest gift shop. Okay, thanks, Squirrel. Thanks for coming by and giving us your. Wait, I want. I have a question for the squirrel. Oh, wait, Simon. Come... Simon. Yes. Hi. Hi. My my name is Molly. Thank you. Hi, Thank Molly. you so much. Thank you so much for being um brave and coming on and and talking about this. I really appreciate it. My question for you is, um, why did you steal the candy every day? Thank you. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, great question, and thank you for asking. Um, I would actually. Most people thought I stole it to eat it. I didn't. I just stole it for fun. I actually just threw it away. <laughs> I'm dying. This is great. I this is now my favorite thing about Everest. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, we can't. I, I can't waste any more of his time. He's got. He's got. He's lined up with interviews today. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Simon, so much for coming. Thank on. you, guys. Thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs> All right, oh see God, you later. he took uh, he took my evidence. He took the <laughs> damn it, Simon. Uh, uh, <laughs> Roadie. <laughs> oh um, God. Cheryl, what else do you love about Everest? <laughs> uh, I'll see if I have a voice for it. <laughs> honestly, the proximity to the local bars, as Ashby noted, like that is good bar. Huge. That's huge. And there's a lot of like shade and like rocks to sit on. Like, ugh, cannot beat it as far as like attractions I don't want to ride but need to go near it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, now it's even better because you have the theater right there. So you can like grab your drink, grab your ice cream, go pop a squat, 
in wherever you want to sit in that pop ju- a squat. Absolutely. Like take yeah. a seat. I wonder you if they're using pop a it. Squat? Yeah, if it's Is open it? to the public just to sit. Yeah, in. when I was there a couple of weeks ago, they were it was just a like a rest area where you could just go and chill. Perfect. Isn't popping a squat mean like peeing out? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you take it that oh. way, you sicko. <laughs> Then never mind. I always tell my friends, like, hey, guys, let's go pop a squat over here. Agreed. Well, is it a being a out of doors freak. thing? I, whenever I've <laughs> used it in my life, that's what I'm referencing. I mean. <laughs> I'm looking at that. Pop a squat. Rude slang to defecate or um, <laughs> <laughs> urinate while squatting on the ground. I mean, that's the old definition. Oh, the new <laughs> one is, is sitting down at Disney World. Yeah, to yeah, use just... it in a sentence, I love pretty much everything about camping except having to pop a squat in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now you understand my reaction to you two both enthusiastically yeah, saying, yeah, listen, pop a squat! Here's the deal. In Florida, it doesn't mean that. Just like we don't call All them right. puppies, we call them shopping carts. <laughs> Wait, I oh. called them shopping carts. Thank you. Well, if you lived in like Alabama or Georgia, they call them buggies. 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 That's I weird. Agree. Get out of town. Cheryl, anything else? Popping a squat and squirrels stealing candy? Oh. That is or... it. That would be okay. all. That's it. That's it. Well, I feel honored that you, um, that I did get to ride this ride with you. Uh, magic time. For once, once in a lifetime moments. Limited time yeah. magic. This is one of the few attractions that pre-COVID had a single rider line. Oh, yeah. It was off to the side, so you would go off to the right side where the there's a, a mock vehicle. You know, if you needed to test out getting in and out, there was a little single rider area over there that you could jump into. What a novel idea. Will they ever come back? Uh, just a reminder to everyone, if you are planning to go and ride Everest, uh, it is an outdoor attraction and unfortunately is uh, falls under... The whole, you know, Florida storms that happen every afternoon in the summer, it will shut down whenever there's lightning within the, the region. Is anything else in in Animal Kingdom under that, or most things uh, actually operate? Primeval World is, and Triceratops Spin is. Will Safaris continue to operate? Safaris does continue, unless yeah. it gets really, really windy with rain, because then it just gets, it's unbearable. It does. It takes a lot to shut down Safari. That ride usually stays open. But we also we used to joke that basically the whole like right side of the park would close down because Cali River Rapids, um, Expedition Everest, Primeval Whirl, and Triceratops Spin all closed uh, during inclement weather. Have either of you watched the Disney Plus show about Animal Kingdom? It's so good. No, I haven't seen it yet. Never in a million it. years. It's so good. It's about the animals. It's so good. I had a few friends on Facebook that are, um, you know, animal programs cast that were, I guess, were in, like, in it because of, you know, different shots. Yeah, that was pretty cool. They're always doing pregnancy tests. That's, like, a theme. <laughs> sure. Um, but it's so good at, like, it, it, I like that Disney Plus released episodes, like, weekly, you know, because I would look, rarely really look forward to the new one coming out. Mm, mm-hmm. So, I highly recommend that. Um, any, any final thoughts about Expedition Everest, Legend of the Forbidden Mountain? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's definitely one of those ones that I, you got to plan to, to go and do. The, mm-hmm. the waits can be a little long, depending on how busy it is. Yeah. Would you um, say it's a good use of a fast pass in Animal Kingdom? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 
agree. Yeah, if you definitely. can't get Flight of Passage or Safari, then absolutely. Yeah, it's so interesting now with, with uh, Flight of Passage because it used to be like there was no question. You would get Safari and you would get Everest. And then that third one was always just like an extra piece on the cake. Like, oh, um, maybe I'll use that for Dinosaur or maybe I'll use it for, you know, a Festival of the Lion King show or something. But now you got three big ones. Yeah. It's uh, you got to make some tough decisions. Um, I my recommendation for Everest is to go at night for for a few reasons. One, it is really fun. Like as it as it's dark, it's lit up nicely, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit more disorienting in the outdoor scenes, which is fun. Um, two, the lines are significantly shorter at night for sure. Yeah. Um, even to this day, I think Animal Kingdom, it's much more of a night park than it ever was, but I don't think people stay right. there, especially with no rivers of light. They're just not there late, late. So you can go on it several times if, if that's what you want, which is actually pretty fun. Um, and three is because I'm such a big fan of the queue. If you do fast pass or single rider, you bypass a lot of the queue. And so going through the main mm, one, even mm-hmm. if you have to wait like 20 or 30 minutes, but if you go in the evening, that, that might be a what you would do, I think it's worth it because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot to look at and it's fun. And it might be more, again, like I said, the temple area would be more enjoyable in the evening, I think, if it were cooler. Yeah, that, that's very that's true. Chance. Um, but yeah, those are my kind of like hot Everest tips. Hot tips. Get your hot tips. <laughs> Did we lose Cheryl? Oh. <laughs> She was like, I'm not here for the hot tips. Taking I'm out. Taking notes on these hot tips. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jot those down. Um, I think that'll do it for Expedition Everest. Agreed. Sweet. Thank you so much for listening. And I, can I just say... Oh, yeah, say, we have to outro. <laughs> not, to be, not to be a total sap, but it's nice to get the old gang back together. I've missed you Agreed. Guys. Agreed. It's been really nice. I was super happy to be here. Simon? Simon, you, you go. <laughs> Get out God, of here. God, such a jerk. Get out of here. He is nuts. Oh. He is nuts. <laughs> and we won't be able to top that. So <laughs> have a good one. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.